0: Hi, this is John Ryan, uh, and welcome to the Team Handball News podcast. Uh, very special guest today, live from uh, France, uh, Nicole Anderson. Hi, guys. Hey, uh, I'm glad to finally get a hold of you and uh, get this podcast uh, interview. Um, I've been watching your matches in, uh, in France on the Internet, and, uh, of course, I've seen you play for the U.S. women's national team several times and I've always I I remember the first time I heard your name it was several it was a decade ago maybe longer
1: I think so yeah
0: and somebody told me oh yeah there's this uh, Danish girl who's even played some junior national for Denmark I'm like oh ah wow (laughs) that'd be something if we can get her to play for the U.S. so tell me a little bit about your handball background when you got started and uh you, you know, basically you run through your career a little bit.
1: Okay. So, well, um, as you said, I'm, I'm Danish American. So, uh, I was born in the States, but, uh, only lived there for two years and then we moved back to Denmark with my family. And, uh, as some of you may know, uh, in Denmark, handball, is kind of the national sport. Um, a lot of people play it. So, uh, of course, uh, I had to play it as, as well. Uh, like many of my other, uh, my other friends, uh, when I was little, so actually when already when I was five, my uh, my parents brought me to my first handball practice in um, in a small city club uh, next to where where they lived. I uh, didn't like it in the beginning. I was actually kind of afraid of the ball, so uh, so they kind of forced me to uh, to try it out a bit. Um, also because all my friends were playing, so you know it was fun to be there, but not so fun when nobody wanted to do the passes with you because you you couldn't really. Uh, grab the ball um then one year after we actually moved to france with my parents um and they took me to a club in france where uh where we played with these like um uh, how do you not like hard balls but these soft soft handballs uh so it didn't hurt when you when you kind of uh, grabbed it and this actually uh, helped me out to to not be afraid of the ball when somebody threw it after me um, and, uh, this was actually my first real, uh, handball practice without being afraid. So, uh, it was a good, uh, good what, what mood. age. Were you then? <laughs> I was around six years old, so oh. I was still very young. Um, and in France, they had this like a handball education where you start out, uh, kind of like, a, uh, not with the, with the six people playing, uh, on the, on the line, but with the, you go man to man and just run around on the court so my uh my first handball uh, trainings were actually not so uh standard european uh wise it was a little bit more uh running around um, but uh, it made me at least uh not be afraid of the ball and uh, and I learned like the fundamentals. Then we moved back to Denmark and I got like the real Scandinavian uh, handball education. Uh, and as the years went by, I got a little bit older. I got—I was very tall, very early in, the, in the, <laughs> at age. So, um, so already when I was around eight or nine, they knew I was going to play uh, the backcourt. Um, so they threw me out there, and you know, I just uh, grabbed my chance. And um, and luckily, I I I could see that you know I had uh, some potential in this sport. So it also pushed me to you know keep on. Going, even though some of the girls chose to do something else. And when I was around uh, the age of maybe 13, uh, the the national selection started uh, to come, and uh, I was selected for this like a uh, national camp. Uh, it was not like uh, the national team, but it was like within the federation. They start pretty early in Denmark uh, with these uh, with these tryouts, et cetera. Et cetera. And, uh, and this also made me do the choice to change a club because I needed to, you know, uh, is it now I go a little bit more uh, in on this or is it just going to be with, the, with my friends? So uh, I chose to, to change a club and, uh, and I got to a club that was a little bit more uh, focused on, on the talent and uh, playing high level, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, this club I played in actually all my years of my uh, youth uh, handball. It was a super good experience for me. Uh, We had a a team where we could all from youth uh, 14 up until youth 18, we we stayed together, same team. And um, this is also where I did my first selection with the Danish national team for the youth 16. And uh, I did my first senior year there. So uh, it was really like my, it's my like childhood club I would say uh, and uh, also where I had my first uh, experiences of uh, going to the champion uh, championship of Denmark um, doing these uh, um, international competitions and we were in Prague we were in uh, uh, where did we go to Germany uh, several places to play uh, so um, so yeah and uh, what was the, what then what the
0: club, club team in Denmark that you were Playing it was called he-
1: Hellerup uh, IK, oh, uh, okay. it's called. And uh, it's also, uh, I actually moved back to this club uh, later on in my career. Um, so I really played a lot of seasons there. <laughs> um, but just to keep track. So yeah, this is where i had my youth years. Um, and then uh, when I got senior, I wanted to experience a first division in Denmark. So I went playing in another club called Lyngbød uh where i played for one season i uh, didn't get that much playing time uh so that was not really a a good fit for me and then uh, i actually chose to go to france to play um i had one year uh, before starting my my university so uh i went to france for one year and played a professional there uh, super good experience um my first uh uh my first international uh experience if i can as like a club team so um so that was fun and then uh and then i moved back to denmark again so this is kind of my club experience and then with when it comes to to the national team i i only did like a few, few games with the danish national team and then i could see that it was a little uh i didn't have the the capabilities of a uh, of going further with them, and then uh, the US, uh, the US team uh, came uh, came to me. So, um.
0: well, it wasn't like uh, I, I'm sure you felt like you were competitive with the with the with the with the other yeah. girls on the Danish youth team, but you, you kind of saw that they were that they were better, and the in the path there was going to be was going to be pretty tough
1: exactly exactly you know even though it was still you know we were still young and you you, you know you some people uh, get better in the age of 20 some in the age of 25 it's just uh, with the danish federation they you know they pick out a handful of girls they kind of want to go for and then the rest uh, you 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 can understand okay this yeah. is not the, i'm not a part of this uh, of this team so i uh, know that's totally okay i mean uh there are a lot of the people, uh, who play handball, so they need to, to, you know, do a right. choice.
0: Yeah. So w- when did you, when did you first start playing for, for the U S
1: um, my first, uh, camp with the U S was when I was very young. Um, I think I was like 12 or something. It was just to try out, um, just to see what it was. It was like, uh, in the time where there was not a real youth national or I was not old enough to get on the real youth national team for Denmark so it was like uh, before I I was on the official Danish national team so it was like kind of to try out um, but I was super young and it was like a it was a fun experience it was in Germany somewhere um, can't remember where uh, and the girls were much older than me so it was you know tough to to integrate a little bit in the team, even though they were super nice with me, I just think I was a little bit too young. So um, it kind of scared me a bit. And then the whole Danish national team came up. So you know, I was like, oh, that's not anything for me. <laughs> and then um, and then I I retried out in uh, 2016, I think, or maybe a little bit before 2014. I'm actually not sure. <laughs> um, but uh, it was uh, definitely later on uh, when, when I knew that the Danish national team were no longer a possibility.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, let's talk a little bit about your experience playing for the U.S. and, and your, your integration uh, with the U.S. team. When, when was the first uh, big tournament that you, would, that you played with for the U.S.? in terms of like uh, qualifying for either the Pan Am Games or the World Championship? Yeah.
1: Well, I think actually my first real international tournament was the qualification for the Pan Am Games um, where we played against Canada. Um, I think that was my first real or I'm I'm a bit confused if it was. Yeah, I think so.
0: Did you beat Canada?
1: no we didn't
0: okay (laughs) yes okay so that would have been 2015 then exactly and then and then did did you also play in the matches against Uruguay
1: yes I did okay which was was, before that was also some kind of qualification
0: yeah so you guys played Canada first I believe um and then uh I'm I'm trying to think of my my thoughts too. But I definitely know Uruguay was a, like a last chance tournament.
1: Exactly, that was a last chance tournament for the. Oh yeah, that was maybe just the last chance tournament for the Pan Am, because we didn't beat Canada, I think. Yeah. Um, and we also unfortunately lost against Uruguay because I remember we went down there and we yeah we we had a tough loss down there. So that was like my first experience with the with the U.S. team on like a real international scene um and uh the integration wise was super good because i really uh, i i like the all the girls uh um with my like i could come and give something to the team with my scandinavian point of view of playing handball um, which was a bit different from the american style and and some of the other uh european girls so so i definitely could I felt like I could provide something to the team and, and all of the girls were super nice. I had a good relationship with Christian, the, the former head coach. So integration wise, it was super good. It was more the results that were maybe not the, the best in the beginning, but then, uh, you know, it also takes time to build up a, a team. And, uh, and I think that's uh,
0: sure, that's what sure, was needed. Yeah. I'm a little bit intrigued as well. So you, you say, you say you lived in, you lived in the U S probably when you were very young do you remember me yeah. at all about?
1: Not much. No, I remember we lived on a golf course, but um, that was everything I can remember from there. Uh, but other than that, no, I I have no uh, no memories. So you know, I don't have the like the biggest attachment to the U.S., which is sometimes a bit bizarre because you know, with the other girls, they have like a strong national feeling, um, where you know, I'm still learning the. <laughs> national anthem it's it's like you know a bit embarrassing to say but it's in the meantime it's (laughs) that's just how it is when you're not
0: yeah um... you know it's it's interesting it's an interesting situation you know because and sometimes folks get you know like ah you know ryan you're you're being you know uh divisive you know like uh talking about the uh, dual citizens and the in the state side I'm, i'm like Hey, Everybody's American. It's just interesting to know a little bit about their background, and it's important mm-hmm. how uh, everyone everyone comes together as, as you know as one team. And and I've i thought about this a little bit because I, I lived in France for five years. Okay. Um, and you know, you live in another country, and and people ask you questions. And I, I was in the Air Force, living in Paris. And, you know, right, right up to the uh, Iraq war. And you can imagine the, the types of questions I got from my teammates. And, and, and yeah. in, in some ways it made me think more about being an American than, um, than any time I had living in the U S you know, cause mm-hmm. I was like, you know, one American out of a bunch of, uh, a bunch of French people and, and, and so everybody naturally had questions uh, about you know US and, and at that time they were like, "On oh, George Bush uh, what do you think of George Bush as president And I'm like, well you know I yeah you, you be dip, you try to be diplomatic uh, but then you also like wow I'm, I'm representing my country here a lot of people are, are curious as to what I say and, and how I say has that happened? to you and, and, and i guess it's it's even it's even a little bit more unique because deciding to be an american and, and wear an american you know uniform that's a mm. conscious decision that you had to make i mean have you have you ever sat back sure. and said you know i'm an american <laughs> yeah
1: and uh, for sure because you know it's um, everyone knows the United States, everyone has an opinion on the United States. So for sure, you know, when you say, uh, oh, I'm half American, uh, I'm playing on the the US national team, people are like, either they're like, you're not American, how can you say you're American? You're, you're completely Danish, you've never lived over there, you don't have any family. And other, or they're like, uh oh wow do you play for them uh, isn't that great uh how do you, how does that feel so you know it's like very uh different uh, opinions people have on the fact that uh, that I call myself american and um it's funny because you know i'm i'm born there so so you know it's it, that's just how it is and uh, and i'm proud to to say that i'm american and of course i i don't have the same the same op- opinion about the country as 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 people who have lived there their whole life have, but um but i'm i'm proud to say that i'm american and you know when i put on the jersey i i i'm proud to to, to represent the country and and uh, of course people you know have questions about politics etc cetera, etc cetera, but you know, I just try to focus on the sport and, uh, and just show that, you know, the U S can be great at, at handball as, as any other country. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a special situation, but, um, but, you know, I just try to focus on the fact that we represent the U S, uh, on the international handball scene. And, and that's, yeah, that's what matters.
0: What was your feeling the first time that, uh, before match and they played the uh, star Spangled Banner, how did that feel?
1: I mean, e- even though it's it's maybe not the the national anthem that I've been growing up with, it's still you know a special feeling standing there with your teammates and around holding the hands, uh, your arms around your shoulders, and you know, uh, hearing the national anthem. It's it's you know it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful moment, and uh, it's a ve- even though it's not the Danish the Danish national anthem, it's still a super special moment, and and you know it's I'm. Um, I still remember the the first time it, this happened. So um, so yeah, yeah. I, I I love this, even though it's 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 special because you know it's it's not your your uh, how can you say it? because yeah. I, yeah,
0: I, I know <laughs> I know what you're I know what you're thinking. You know, I, um, it's it, it's a unique situation, but one exactly. that uh, and one that you know that probably doesn't feel like. You know somebody that that that's been eating hot dogs and apple pie and <laughs> celebrating the Fourth of July his entire life. It it's special exactly. to everyone, and, and I think yeah. I, I like I appreciate your answer and uh, and, and reflection on that. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit more about your pro career. You, you kind of you kind of delved into that a little bit. Where was your Where was your first uh, pro? contract if you will
1: um my first pro, pro pro contract well let's just make it clear for all and i've only been like what we call semi-professional so, you know i've Understood. never had a, a salary that could pay my my entire uh uh life or yeah a life situation so um my first semi-professional contract was when i moved to france so in france they have a better um economic saturation handball wise than they do in, in Denmark for example um, so you can actually get paid uh, all the way down to what is called n 2 which is like the fourth uh, best division right when I moved to France the first time I played in what is called N1 so third best and here uh, I I was paid for for playing handball but would also need to do something on the side because otherwise you know it it wouldn't uh, go around. Um, so that was in t- after finishing high school. So that was in the beginning of 2016. I, uh, I moved to France and okay. played there for one year. Then I moved back to Denmark and because I had had a semi-professional contract in France, I could kind of negotiate um, a, a small salary in, in Denmark as well. So uh, this was in the same uh, league, so N1 in Denmark. Um, so I also managed to get a semi-professional contract there for uh, the three years I played there. And yeah. then I, well, real, yeah. real
0: quick. So I, I'm familiar with N1F and it's, you know, it's like, uh, I got the, I got D1 and D2 as the top leagues in France and then N1F exactly is, is the third level. What level did you play in, in, uh, in Denmark and how would you compare uh, your N1F experience with uh the three years you played in denmark after that
1: um so the the it was actually the same level so in denmark it's called second division but it's because in denmark it's called the liga and then the first division and the second division so if you convert that to france it's it's the same as n1f Okay. uh however, I would still say that the level is higher in France in N1F than it is in the second division in Denmark because there are more players who can get paid and therefore it just makes the, the level higher so um, the three years I played afterwards in Denmark was on a bit lower level but um but division wise it was the same as
0: in France okay and you were and you were attending a university at the same time.
1: Exactly. So uh, I was doing my bachelor degrees uh, in the same time. So,
0: yeah. and, and what did you get your bachelor degree in?
1: Uh, I did a business school in uh, in Copenhagen. So, okay. right. uh, business administration and project management. Very huh. fancy name for nothing uh,
0: that <laughs> hey, special. <laughs> so I was a project manager for many years. I started out as an engineer, and then they said. We got better engineers than you, you're good at organizing things. We'll put you in charge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, you were combining your university studies and, and playing at the same time. Um, yeah. and uh, you, you did three years there and then uh, you, you decided to go back to France. How did that come about? And and, and you talk about being semi professional. Can you also give us a, a little bit of what you do in your? In your real world job, I guess.
1: Of course. Uh, so yes. Yeah, so I finished my degree in in uh, the summer of 2020, and then um, and then I needed to choose if I would pursue my master's degrees or or what needed to happen. Um, and because my boyfriend is French, then uh, I of course uh, would like to move a little bit closer to him. So I decided to uh, pursue a little bit more this uh, this professional. Uh, handball life. Um, so I I contacted a D2 club here in France, which uh, is called AS Cannes-Mondelieu. And uh, this is the club where I'm playing currently. Uh, so this is the second um, best division in France. For mm-hmm. those of you who don't know that. Um, where I managed to to get a contract with them uh, for one year, um, which I was super happy about. Um However, the salary is so, so, so I chose to also, uh, actually search a little bit for, uh, a job experience to, to see if, uh, if that was a possibility and managed to get a job actually already back in, uh, in August, uh, 2020. So, um, I've been working in a company called Oticon Medical since then, uh, who does, uh, implants for deaf people. So, uh, very interesting and, um, I am in the product management department. So uh, yep. that's super, super interesting. And uh,
0: is it, is, have you seen the movie uh, Sound of Metal?
1: No, but I've heard about it. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the, the 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 guy who has an the implant there is—it's not one of our implants. So that's a little bit uh, <laughs> that's not, that's not so good. But um, but I've heard about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the same same kind of thing, though, right? So exactly the type exactly. of product. Um, yeah <laughs> interesting interesting uh and uh so you're living in a in a beautiful location i, I spent a week yes. there um you <laughs> know most people people know about the the Cannes Cannes film festival that's just exactly. one smart that it's a oh, it's <laughs> one could get used to to uh to living in the south of france let's just let's oh just, for
1: sure for sure <laughs> I, lo- I love living here it's uh, it's wonderful so, yeah yeah
0: Um, what, let's talk a little bit about your season, uh, with, with, with can this year and, Mm. um, well, let's talk about how did the, how did the situation with, uh, um, with can, uh, with, with the COVID, how did that all, uh,
1: affect
0: the contract? everything
1: um well when i came down to france it was in the end of july uh and everything was actually uh open here in france uh, a lot of tourists uh no, you know you didn't even realize that there was anything called covid actually <laughs> and we started the preseason uh, as uh, it was planned we had practice every day uh, even twice a day um, we did some, some friendly games. And then when we came to the beginning of September, things were getting, uh, a bit, um, out of control, let's say like that. Uh, and, uh, and, um, some of our friendly games started to get canceled because there was some, some COVID in the other teams. Um, and we could start feeling that, okay, maybe, uh, maybe our season will be affected by this, uh, this COVID um, however, we, we played our first game in the middle of September, I think with, with the, uh, with people in the, in the, um, uh, what's it called in English? Stands. <laughs> in, in the stands. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, and you know, uh, we played actually our first game of the Coupe de France with it, which is like the, with the, the. the the tournament here in France, uh, where all the divisions play together. And then we played our first game of the, of the regional uh, tournament and, um, or championship, sorry. And, uh, and then suddenly uh, everything closed down. Uh, it was really like from one day to another, uh, the season got, uh, postponed and, uh, we could practice, um, The gyms were closed. Uh, Really, like, uh, it was super, super crazy to experience because it was really just from one day to another. We received like a WhatsApp message: uh, okay, guys, uh, practice is canceled, Uh, our game is postponed to we don't even know when. Um, We'll keep you in touch. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, this was like, I think, the beginning of October. um, We, we, you know, I had the feeling that we literally just started. and then everything just co- closed down. Then I think like the whole month of October, we we kind of just waited and you know tried to practice as much as we could. Our our coach did some practices outside. We uh, you know tried to keep in shape. Then in the middle of uh, November, they just dis- they discussed. Um, about how the division two should continue because the the division one uh, never got impacted by the COVID because it was um, seen as, as, as a professional league. So, you know, this was just like the job for them so they could keep on doing their job. However, uh, because we have a lot of semi-professionals as me in the D2, then um, the federation and the, um, the ministry couldn't accept the D2 as a professional league, so uh, we weren't allowed to play. Then a lot of uh, conversations back and forth, and uh, shor- uh, long story short is that in the beginning of January, I think they finally m- managed to get the D2 accepted as a professional league, and um, and we could then start up games. I think from the 16th of January, um, and then we had 13, 13 games in a row. We needed to uh, play, so 13 weekends uh, with games. So it was really like from one thing to another. Uh, the, the, you know, we didn't do anything to everything. <laughs> it was super right. weird um, and really tough for for the your like mindset and your body because you know we we didn't have we didn't we hadn't um done any strengthening training for you know several months uh we hadn't touched a handball for several months so you know getting back to the court was tough but um also you know you were super motivated uh you hadn't been playing for a long time so so all in all a super crazy experience but I'm just super happy that we actually managed to have the the status as professionals and were able to to play so um that's uh yeah that's a yeah. really fortunate to
0: play yeah it's certainly been a seasons season of ups and downs and you know i think that's everywhere you know like there yeah. really hasn't been any handball in the us to speak of i mean there's been a few yeah. club teams that have gotten together recently to, to play some matches um and i think depending i think the situation that you described there with the pro teams getting to play i think that's similar uh somewhat to some other nations like germany i think yeah
1: that, uh, exactly below exactly. The most of the european uh, countries are like that
0: yeah and, and like norway they're like pretty much shut down across the board i think um, yeah so it's 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 very uh from club to club, country to country, and uh, oh yeah, for sure, very very frustrating. Um, well, I see we're see we're we're running out of time on my Zoom clock, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pause right here, and and uh, yeah. we'll we'll do another uh, segment here shortly. I know you got to run off to practice, but uh, for Nicole Anderson, this is John Ryan. You've been listening to the uh, Team Handball News Podcast. Uh, stick around for part two. We're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, Cairns fight to avoid relegation and then the upcoming uh, North American and Caribbean Championships.